Bam 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 Hi everyone, welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, maybe a little. Sitting across <laughs> from me is Lisa Linky. Hello. And sitting in within me <laughs> is Misty Stinnett. And normally on this podcast, on a full episode, we read a popular self-help book, we covered the main points of the book, we we review it with our incredible critical analyses. Full Frontal Fridays. Full Frontal Fridays! Blah, blah, blah! Uh, but that's not this episode. This is the weekly beef. Weekly beef! Ah. And in this episode, we do what we want, and we're we not do what sorry. We're told. Wait, no, that's the wrong song. Nope, nope. It's the opposite of opposite. that. We do whatever we, we want. We tell what we do. Yeah, we do homework check-ins and surprise each other with thought-provoking questions, trivia, listener stories, whatever you want. <laughs> um. So. You had homework. You did from did. Dan Harris's Dan B. Dan's 10% Happier. <laughs> Dan B. Dan, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Dan B. Dan's 10% Happier. Uh, I asked you to choose one of the meditations from the back of the book. You did. And so I chose, because I'd never done this before, uh-huh. I did a loving kindness meditation. Uh-huh. It's called Meta, uh-huh. M E T T A. Um, and this was really interesting. So uh, this involved. Picturing a series of people mm-hmm. and sending them good wishes. So you start with yourself. Uh, I started with myself as instructed. And it's it's cool because in the book, he outlines the five steps of doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also interesting trying not to, like, break my meditation to remind myself of the instructions. Yeah, there, I think online there's a guided meditation for people. Yeah, which would have been yeah. super helpful. So you generate a clear mental image of yourself. Uh as at whatever age generates the most natural sense of goodwill towards yourself. What age was that? Um, I saw myself in middle school. Aww. Like awkward sort of gangly, like yeah. German shepherd puppy misty. 10, 15. Oh, yes. With like braces. And I actually re- remembered this one stripy tank top that I wore to a middle school dance. Aww. And I had like braces and like really bad wispy bangs yeah. in the front and was just feeling so awkward. And I remember how much I wanted to like feel cool at I that dance. A German shepherd puppy. That is... Yeah, perfect. You get it. Mm-hmm. Like your my feet were just way too big for my body. Yeah. Um and so so I repeated the following phrases as outlined in the book, which is may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I be safe, may I live with ease. And I really love that live with ease. So he says do that slowly, let the sentiment land. Um and the the point is to hone the intention of kindness. And once I got really clear about feeling that for myself, um, I moved on to someone in each of the following categories, as he outlines, a a benefactor, like a teacher, mentor, relative, a close friend, it can be a pet too, uh, a neutral person, and then a difficult person, and then finally all beings. So, you know, I kept going like, may you be happy, may you be healthy, um, May you be safe. May you live with ease. And I found that for the difficult person I was thinking of, it was hard for me to not be like, may you live with ease uh-huh. because mm-hmm. damn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that that was really interesting. I'd never 
dealt with those emotions in a meditation. So um, I just did it once, uh, but I could see how this could have a real arc if I did it yeah. often, you know, because the whole point is just to generate compassion for yourself and other people. Yeah. Interestingly, this is the meditation in the book where he absolutely had a emotional breakdown and was sobbing, like snotting himself unbelievably. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. But it was being led by somebody, by the by Spring, the woman who, who wrote it. Wow. Why is that? Did he say? No, I mean I think it was like day six of his retreat. Like so, he he talks he talks oh, you through it in the book. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to send love to people who put you on edge. It's you really know, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. thank so thank you for that. That's something I'd never done before. Oh, That's really interesting. Nice. Thanks for sharing your homework. My pleasure. It's it's my unpaid job. Misty, uh-huh. you know that I'm. A dish of a contrarian. I don't know what you mean. I've and never seen that. From you, you know that I've not been the biggest fan of the finance books that we've. Um, and you, I said finance for you, not finance. I, mm-hmm. Finance. Well, you wouldn't. I don't think you would say finance book. Um, but I study finance. I, I haven't been. What? A, I don't understand the goddamn rules. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's I, okay. You it's plebeian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you little plebe. <laughs> You're welcome. You said plebeian. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Told me love was too plebeian. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> in fact, I have a strong distaste for yes, everyone. But <laughs> I, as you know, uh, subscribe to the Los Angeles Times. You I get do. the paper every day and I have it. It's right, right here. here on the table in front of us. Sav, are you hearing that? It was. It was uh, it is not ASMR. Um, there was an article that came up on May 5th in the LA Times in their uh, front page section, um, in the front section, and I thought it was very interesting. Mm. And it made me realize one of the reasons why a lot of these financial books don't resonate with me mm. because they're full of shit. Oh. Um, and so Dave Ramsey can eat a bag of dicks, and Thank um, you. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki can. Um, take his what can be considered very unethical way of making money and shove it up his ass. Uh, to remind everyone, uh, Dave Ramsey wrote The Total Money Makeover uh-huh. and Robert Kiyosaki wrote uh, Rich, Rich Dad, Dad Poor, Poor Dad. Dad. And last but not least, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by... Ramit Sethi. Uh-huh. He can also shove it. Great. Um, because what we're doing is applying an old framework on... Uh, a, a group of people who don't have the capacity to apply an old framework to their oh, you savings. mean like you mean like the job market and the way the economy works now just kind doesn't of. fit within that. So by that I mean there is so much personal accountability assigned to people who are in debt mm. without taking into context what is happening at a macro level. Yes. And I, yes. I get very mad about yes. it. Yes, um, like exorbitant student loans because. Education costs way more than it should. Tuition has gone up like, like four hundred percent. Four hundred percent. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you a couple. There were two articles um, uh, in the LA Times, um, and one one focused on individuals with debt, and one focused on the reasons behind the debt. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to kind of piece a couple things together for you, and then explain why I think that those Great. people need to eat eat dick. Great. And not that there's anything wrong with eating dick. No. But it's probably not what they would choose to do at, yeah. with their with their book. Yeah, especially if you have like an herby lemon glaze. <laughs> Bake at 350, 45 minutes. Yeah. Parmesan crust. There you go. Oh, don't ever say the word crust. Thank you. Okay. 
Um, so he, here's, first of all, so most people, it, it is assumed that most people get insurance through their employer. And quite a quite a significant amount of people do. That, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's also not been my experience in freelance. Well, no, mm-hmm. but uh, most people do have employer employee employer sponsored health care um, because a lot of well I, I don't know if it's most I don't know if it says which ones but um, here's something to take note that in the last 12 years annual deductibles in job-based health plans have nearly quadrupled oh my god and are now average more than thirteen hundred dollars so <sighs> in 2006 the annual deductible, for individual coverage was three hundred and seventy nine dollars. What? And in twenty eighteen, it's thirteen fifty. Yeah. So when you're when this old framework of you're just misspending money, you're just you're not saving while you have credit cards. Not when the expenses are quadrupling, <laughs> and that's just that's not an, even an expense. That's a deductible, right? Yeah. So that's that's the minimum you need to meet before they start covering everything. That's right. Yeah. And it says here that over half of non-elderly single households have liquid assets above 2000 That's oh in 2016 dollars. So in 2007, it was 55%, and then it's kind of hung around 53%. Um, so that means half of non-elderly single households could afford a catastrophic, or not even catastrophic, but like a single event that would require this deductible, oh right? Oh, God. So, so it's a problem. Um so here's some of this, the cost and the, the side effects of having this high deductible. Um, the average deductible, uh, I just mentioned that, and it's tripled. So four in 10 U.S. workers have at least a $1,500 deductible. Wow. The threshold, um, that's the threshold that this poll that was taken, um, and all the data is from uh, the L.A. Times and the Kaiser Family Foundation. It was a nationwide survey mm. of adults with employer-sponsored health insurance. So $1,500 was the threshold for high-deductible coverage. So that wasn't even considered high-deductible at $1,350. And um, also, insurance premiums increased over that same time period, mm-hmm. rising at more than double the rate of inflation and outpacing wage gains. Mm-hmm. So the other piece is that wages have stayed flat. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm expected to pay more yep. out of my pocket while my wages have remained flat. Yeah. So for me, when Dave Ramsey is with his real attitude, hope you liked the car. Yeah. Fuck face mentality. Mm. It makes me very angry. Yeah, because he's taking into consideration that he was able to get through school mm-hmm. and uh, and buy a home. But how many decades ago was that? That's right. When wages were still increasing. Yeah. You know, m- my generation is the first that will not out earn my parents. That's crazy. Well, every every generation in America up to now has been able to do that. Oh my god! So when when we're applying these old maxims, you know, and I, I listened to this Planet Money because my friend Tamara listened to our Rich Dad Poor Dad, and she was like, "What do you think about is a house an asset?" And then there was a great Planet Money, um, one of their sub podcasts. It was like ten minutes, and they talked to the CBS financial like uh, person whenever they bring her on to mm-hmm. explain stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Well, you have to take into context people of an older generation." 
that was a safe, secure thing to do because they also had jobs. They were also lifers at a job, Mm -hmm. and they had pensions at a job. It was a risk you could take, and it usually paid off. That's right. Right. Um, But now she's like, you know, if you want to rent, rent isn't throwing money away. It's also buying opportunity. Maybe Mm -hmm. you don't want to stay in a city for that long. You're not going to just buy a house. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's helping uh, people of an older generation reframe that you're not necessarily throwing money away at rent. Right. Um, And But also, you know, buying a home isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. So here's what I want to share. So here is based on this, this survey of, of adults. Um, there were people who are struggling to pay their bills. Okay. So th- the percentage of workers who say they or an immediate family member had difficulty paying um, medicals before meeting their deductible in the last year was 25%. Wow. Surprise medical bills was 20%. Mm. Co-payments for prescription drugs was 14%. Co-pays for doctor's visit was 13 And the monthly health insurance premium was 9%. Mm. Um, and then this, this is really interesting. So they're sacrificing for care. This is the share of workers who say they have done the following to pay for health care in the last year. Cut back, uh, actually, sorry, borrowed money from family or friends, 10%. Took extra job or worked more hours, 14%. Used up all or most savings, 19%. Mm. Increased credit card debt, 20%. Oh, God. Put off vacations or major purchases, 26%. Cut back spending on food, clothing, and basic household items, 26%. So when they say, you're not saving right, what the fuck is wrong with you? I need those people spending that financial advice and sputting it out to shut the fuck up. Right. Because I'm if people are already sacrificing, draining their savings, going into credit card debt to be covered, it's not it's not a fair and blanket statement. No, it doesn't not. apply. It's not. Well, and also I remember I had employer health insurance uh no 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 no. You know what I had? No, no, no. It, okay, it was employer health insurance a while ago. Um, I've switched a lot of insurances Same. in the last few years. Same. I think we all have. Um, but my work was paying something like a four hundred dollar a month premium, which is a high premium. You know, that's a huge that's a huge deal if I were paying it myself. And then every time I went to the doctor, I got a bill for like two or three hundred dollars because you had a low deductible. Uh, I mean, a low uh, premium. A low premium means high copay. Right, but I had chosen a plan that was like in the middle, and I was just saying, wait a second. So if I'm paying four hundred dollars a month, then every time I go to the fucking doctor, it is three hundred and fifty dollars, and then get you know what I mean? What what am I paying for? I should just not have health insurance and take the risk. Is uh, what it felt. No, I'm not saying yeah. you should, but that's how I felt in that moment. Yes, you know? I'm sure. So here's the one that really got me: um, delaying care. So here's the share of workers who say they or an immediate family member have done the following in the last year: not filled a prescription, cut pills in half, or skipped doses. Eighteen percent. Oh my god. Not gotten a medical test or treatment recommended by a doctor. 24%. Oh, my God. Put off or postpone getting needed health care. 33%. Oh, my God. So I— So people are like, no, I can't. I'm just going to choose to be sick or not follow up on the diagnosis or not get that yeah. mammogram I need because— they don't have the money. Or that would mean that they wouldn't have money for food or heat. Outrageous. Or they wouldn't have money to pay for their car to get to work, yeah. to pay for the bill. Or their kids need— Clothes or food. And it really shows that low-income Americans are hit the hardest. So this is out of these people that were um, 
questions, this is the share of workers of different incomes who could pay an unexpected $500 medical bill right away. If their annual household income was greater than $75,000, 70% said they could. If it was 40 to 75, only 49% said they could. Mm. And if it was less than 40, only 29% they could. Oh, my God. So, and I'm just going to highlight a couple individual people that this um, this beautiful article really dug into a lot of different areas. Great. So, Sandy Westbrook is a 55-year-old nurse's assistant at, at an Ohio nursing home. She makes less than $12 an hour. She cut back on trips to the grocery store as she scrimped to pay off nearly $1,000 in medical bills after she broke her wrist and had to see a cardiologist for stress. She said, I get fed at work. Thank God. <gasps> then there's Shanona Nichols, a 26-year-old office assistant in Michigan, moved back in with her mother to save money to pay bills from endometriosis treatment. Mm. Thomas Kruzliak, a 27-year-old chief in, uh, chef in Western Virginia, took on two extra jobs, working some days from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. to pay medical bills after his wife had a miscarriage, and they had a $5,000 deductible. He said, I was used to having insurance where I could go to the doctor and get the treatment I needed. He's originally from Slovakia. It was definitely a shock when I got to the U.S. and learned that even when you're working and getting insurance, you still have to spend even more money to get payment. Oh, my God. And that's not good for your long-term overall health either if you're working no. from 5 in the morning to Money stress PM. makes more stress. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up because yeah. it's not—it's never black and white. It is, you know, your hermeneutical lens, where you grew up, how you grew up, what your parents were capable of, et cetera. It all does affect it. And I think— this world and every all these systems are changing so rapidly. Yeah. The housing market, the gig economy, the yeah. tech balloon, the completely unstable political environment the world is in right now is just making it all really, really complicated and nuanced and hard to navigate. So yeah. the other um article I would I would love for people to read, they really profiled this specific family. It's a family of five. Um uh and they budget $125 a week for groceries so they can chip away at their debt. That's not a lot for of a money. Family family of five, five, are they three only children. eating rice and beans? They grow a lot of food in their backyard. The mother holds two jobs. Her husband works at a pipe fitter, and they make $75,000 a year. That's not enough to chip away at their medical debt. Oh, my God. Um you know, and and so it's it's so I'm tired of this old paradigm mm. in this current state where wages have been flat, everything's been in passing inflation. So yeah. I'm I'm not here for any more of these books is what I'm saying. And I'm not I'm not here for the individual blame yeah. that, that we're laying on people. Yeah. And I would love for people because 2020 is coming around the corner <laughs> to pay attention to what people's plan for Medicare for all is. Yeah. And basically Medicare for all is just saying that the socialized med- medicine we have for seniors, we would have for everybody. Yeah. And there's only about 17 different ways to do Medicare for all. Mm. And you can, there's a cool, New York Times has a cool like quiz you can take that aligns your values with which way to kind of, um, which which kind of plan you would like, whether yeah. it's a, you know, it's a single payer or it's like f- funded through, it, there's a lot of different ways. Anyway, I'm done with this financial bullshit. Thank you for bringing such a critical and analytical eye to this, Lisa. Can you tell really. how mad I am? You're super mad. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to get mad. I think it is triggering. I think it is way more nuanced. There's always – there's there tend to be a lot of people left out of a lot of these conversations. Yeah. Um, and that's the point, right? We're trying to come at it from all angles. Yeah. I think the yeah. – the, the dis, the, the, 
pervasive belief is that people are just outspending. And that's true. For, that's true for some, but it's so it's so short sighted, and it's not about that. And if you're going, well, I'm never going to pay off my hundred thousand dollar medical bills. I may as well get the hundred dollar sneakers I want. Like, but I think that's uh, a false. I think that's a false narrative as well because I think the people who have hundred thousand medical hundred thousand dollar medical bills don't have the money to get food. They can't get their own medicine. Right. Right. So I think that we're per, we're per pervasively we're like, yeah, spreading we're, this, of false, this narrative. false narrative. Oh, that's really interesting that that's the first thing that came to mind so for me. I, I just think that um, Medicare for All is really important. Yeah. And and the way that this administration has been chipping away at the um, ACA is really important mm-hmm. because imagine if you can't even get coverage because of your pre-existing conditions. There was a long period of time where I couldn't get coverage because I had been in therapy. Because you'd been in therapy? Yes. Cognitive behavioral therapy? Yes, because according to actuarial tables, having been in therapy makes me more susceptible to a host of things. Oh, my God. So, Oh, God, we got to We need to really be it. careful about what, what, we're willing to, um, what we're willing to give up in the yeah. name of um, personal freedoms. Anyway, please, please make uh, yourself aware of what Medicare for All looks like and what you would like it to look like for you. Even if you're against it, please know yeah. why you're against it. Um, cool. I think that's it. <laughs> Everybody, let us know what you think about this yeah. topic. Thank you for um, being with us yeah. in this poignant conversation. Yes, thank you. Yeah. It's so important. And if anybody has made you feel shameful for being in debt, fuck them in the mouth. Half of all bankruptcies in this in country <laughs> are from medical debt. That's right. That's right. It's like it's it's such a huge problem for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, we're here with you. Everyone's doing the best that they can. Yeah, except Dave Ramsey. The, yeah. And a few others. <laughs> But anyway, with that, everybody, thank you so much. Life Life is is abundant. abundant. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.